Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Tuesday, March 10th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. Coronavirus causing a ripple effect across the country. More than 750 people infected across 36 states. Companies and schools closing doors, sending employees home and leaving students in limbo. Plus, what doctors and activists are telling immigrant communities about getting tested for the virus. And it's mini Super Tuesday as six states head to the polls in the Democratic primary. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We begin with the very latest on the coronavirus already causing significant disruptions in the U.S. Universities and colleges shifting classes to online only. Companies asking employees to work from home. Meanwhile, stocks recovering after yesterday's massive plunge. Lorraine Caceres has all the details. Today, stocks on the rebound after taking the biggest plunge since 2008 in what is now being called Black Monday. The Dow falling more than 2,000 points within minutes of opening stocks halted after plunging 7%, hitting so-called circuit breakers, a safety mechanism meant to keep the markets from going into free fall. Cruises and airlines, some of the hardest hit, with the airlines set to lose up to $113 billion in sales as travel and hotel bookings plunge. President Trump promising big stimulus measures to help Americans. We're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax uh, cut or relief. We're also going to be talking about hourly wage earners getting uh, help so that they can uh, be in a position where they're not going to ever miss a paycheck. Across the country, more than 750 cases confirmed, and at least 14 states have already declared a state of emergency. The spread leading dozens of schools and colleges, including Amherst, San Francisco State, and Ohio State University, one of the largest in the country, to suspend in-person classes to minimize exposure. In the case of massive public school closures, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue says his department has a plan to keep kids fed even if they're quarantined. In those communities, in those schools that are free and reduced lunch there, then uh, all those kids would be eligible for meals to be delivered. We're trying to communicate proactively without creating any more anxiety or certainly panic that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you, let's don't mistake preparedness for panic. With the number of cases climbing in hard-hit New York, the mayor suggesting dramatic steps to keep the elderly safe. For example, you don't want to go see your grandchildren if they happen to be sick, even with a common cold. You just don't want to do it. One of the latest patients, a seven-year-old girl diagnosed in the Bronx, but said to be doing well. So far, children have accounted for just over 2% of confirmed cases worldwide. The first patient diagnosed in New Jersey speaking out, warning everyone to take the threat seriously. A lot of people say, oh, it's okay, don't wear a mask. I don't believe that. I may be just caught a, sle a sneeze by somebody and caught a virus. Events around the country are being canceled. Coachella, the latest one postponed from April to October. Also, the United Nations has decided to close its New York complex to the general public. 
and temporarily suspend all guided tours. Meanwhile, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, says he is sending the National Guard to New Rochelle, where the biggest cluster is, to contain the virus, helping deliver food to homes and clean public spaces. Back to you, Andrea. Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And more passengers aboard the Grand Princess cruise ship are disembarking today. That ship, the scene of 21 positive cases of the coronavirus. Dulce Castellanos is at the port in Oakland, California. Dulce, how is the process coming along? Good afternoon, Andrea. That's right. You can finally see the Grand Princess right behind me after it spent several days on the coast of the state after learning that 21 cases were confirmed of the coronavirus on board. Now, on board, there were about 2,400 passengers, and they slowly began to disembark yesterday. The first ones to come off the vessel were those that needed acute medical care, and they were transferred over to local hospital, followed by California residents about about 960 of them do live in the state, and they will be transferred over to two military bases in Northern and Southern California. Here in the North, they will be going to the Travis Air Force Base, and in San Diego, they will be headed to the Miramar Marine Corps Base, where they will be quarantined. Uh, following uh, that, there were also uh, others that will be needed to fly out of the country. They will be chartered over uh, by federal officials in government uh, planes. And there's also other remaining, uh, the crew will also be remaining on board. They will spend the next few weeks quarantined on board. There are about 1,100 of them who will be uh, there. Um, 19 of them did test positive for this virus and they are in isolation. Other people that live in the United States will also be heading over to other military bases in Texas and Georgia. Fortunately, as of now, they, uh, all the children who were on board, 25 of them are reported to be healthy and well on their way to going home. Andrea, what was supposed to be a 15-day beautiful cruise to Hawaii turned into a nightmare of uncertainty and waiting, and the wait is not over yet. The disembarking process will continue today. There are still many people on board wondering when they will be able to come off and finally head home. Now, the process has been meticulous. Um, they are doing medical exam screenings to make sure that these people are not showing the symptoms of this virus. We, of course, will be bringing you the very latest from Oakland, California. I'm Dulce Castellanos. Back to you. Yes, one big headache for all those passengers there. Thank you so much. Dulce Castellanos reporting in Oakland, California. And a Florida couple wants Princess Cruise Lines to pay up more than $1 million. That's how much they're suing for. Ronald and Eva Weisberger were passengers on the Grand Princess cruise ship that just docked in California Monday. The couple accuses the company of gross negligence in allowing them to be exposed to coronavirus while on that ship. The lawsuit says they're traumatized from the fear of getting it too. Princess Cruises has not issued a response. President Trump, meanwhile, is pushing an economic relief package for businesses and workers. The stimulus plan would include a cut in payroll taxes and would benefit hourly workers. It would also help out some small businesses and the travel industry. Janet Rodriguez has the latest details from Washington, D.C. Janet. 
And we haven't gotten any details from the Senate today. What we do know is that the president will be meeting with Senate Republicans. He said this at a press conference yesterday at the White House, and he will be discussing with those Republicans possible payroll tax cuts and to also help people who are who don't have the benefits of paid time leave also be able to give some economic incentive to the industries that are more uh, impacted by the coronavirus like the airlines and the cruises. However, we don't have any of these details just yet, but we are hearing from some Democrats in Congress who are opposed to the payroll tax cuts. They do not believe that this is the right way to go about it, although there is um, bipartisan support that something needs to be done to incentivize the economy. The president promising a press conference later today to give these details. Also, the CDC will give new guidelines to cruises as to how they should move forward if they have new cases of coronavirus and their impact is like impacted like we have seen cruises um, in the past couple of days. But here in Congress, the waiting game continues today to see when the president will come up to the Senate, who they will meet, who he will meet with and what kind of uh, economic incentive he will present to the Senate. This will be a process that will have to be approved by the Senate overall and then by the House and presented back to the president. So there will be some negotiation and possibly what the president presents today will not be the final economic incentive that will be rolled out by the Congress itself. But we do understand that there is bipartisan support for something to be done to incentivize the economy as everyone is in fear of a possible recession. So it's a waiting game, as I said here, and we do expect to hear from the president much later this afternoon. Back to you. Thank you, Janet Rodriguez. And one more note, during a meeting with insurance companies at the White House, Vice President Mike Pence announced several insurance companies have agreed to waive co-pays for coronavirus testings. And also representatives Mark Meadows, Doug Collins and Matt Gates said Monday that they are self-quarantining after learning. They came in contact with a person infected with coronavirus while attending a conservative conference in the Washington area last month. Gates mocked growing fears over the virus by tweeting last week a photo of himself wearing a gas mask. At least one attendee has tested positive for coronavirus, and that brings the number of congressional lawmakers who are self-quarantining to six. Neither have reported any symptoms. And it's the last thing you'd think about when ordering at a drive-thru, a test for the coronavirus. But that's an option for some people in Seattle, Washington right now. The University of Washington Medicine is working to stop the spread of coronavirus, starting with their own workers. So they turned their parking garage into a drive through where someone can get tested within five minutes and they'll get those results back in a day. Meanwhile, every single country inside the EU now declaring coronavirus cases in Italy, unprecedented steps being taken to contain the spread of this virus. What started as a regional lockdown has now been extended to the entire country, all 60 million of its residents being told to stay where they are. Carolina Sarasa has the details. All of Italy is on lockdown. A country of 60 million people told they should stay home. Travel restricted, flights canceled, a drastic attempt to stop the spread of COVID-19. It is the largest outbreak outside Asia, numbers soaring across the country, nearly 10,000 cases and over 460 deaths. 
chilling images from an ICU in Italy's red zone, where some patients are being placed face down to help their lungs get oxygen, in the last-ditch effort to keep them alive. The World Health Organization praising Italy's government for taking such drastic measures. We're encouraged that Italy is taking aggressive measures to contain the, its epidemic. The disease transforming Asian attractions into complete ghost towns, as doctors in the hard hit Lombardy region and beyond struggle to contain the outbreak. Carolina Sarasa, UNews. And no one is immune to coronavirus anywhere in the world. That's why doctors and activists in the U.S. cities with large immigrant communities are asking people not to be afraid to get tested if they feel they've been exposed. Salvador Duran is in Los Angeles with much more. Concerned over a potential spread of the coronavirus in major cities like New York and Los Angeles, hospitals across the country are ready to step up against what some are already calling a pandemic. But given the fears that overwhelm many people in immigrant communities across the country, like deportation or using public services that may stop them from seeking out medical care, a coalition of doctors and other advocates are telling them not to be afraid. We will continue to treat uh, patients regardless of uh, their documentation status, regardless of what language they speak. Um, and we encourage patients to seek care whenever they feel like they need to. Um, they should not be deterred by the recent public charge that was uh, handed down um, from the government. The call was put out at L.A. County's USC Medical Center, where many low-income families go to use their emergency services. Many of these families are undocumented, and oftentimes they are hesitant to go to the ER because of their immigration status. However, doctors are warning that under the public threat of coronavirus, waiting could be lethal. They will not be turned away. Um, they will be given as good of care as anybody else um, here, here at the county hospital. This public crisis is one that should not be looked through an immigration lens, but as an everybody lens. So everybody would be impacted um, by this. Jose Gonzalez, who is now in his 60s, told us that he won't be afraid because he wants to live longer and that should he come down with any symptoms, he won't wait to find out the cause of his illness. The coalition also said that doubt should not get in the way of anyone's well-being and that fear of deportation should not be a factor in spreading the disease. In Los Angeles, I'm Salvador Duran, U News. Salvador, thank you. And the television industry, not immune to the impacts of the coronavirus, Wheel of Fortune producers announcing they will stop taping with a live studio audience indefinitely as a precaution against the outbreak. Jeopardy is reportedly considering a similar move. Experts say people who are older or who have underlying health issues are at greater risk from the virus. Wheel of Fortune host Pat Zajak is 73 and had emergency surgery back in November. And Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek is 79 and battling pancreatic cancer. Voters are casting their ballots in a half dozen states today, including Washington State, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in the U.S., where so far 22 people have died. Joining me now by phone is Julie Wise. She's the King County Director of Elections there. Thanks so much for joining us today, Julie. Happy to be on. 
So Washington state votes entirely by mail. This helps reduce the number of person-to-person -person interactions found in a polling site, for example. But what precautions are election officials taking to prevent the spread of coronavirus through those mail-in ballots? We're taking precautions such as having all of our staff mandatory wear gloves, and we're doing regularly regular cleaning of our vote centers, as well as our headquarters where we're processing mallet, ballots. We're encouraging, uh, strongly encouraging all of our staff, of course, if they're not feeling well, they're feeling sick, to stay home. But as you mentioned, we are as glad as ever to be completely vote by mail here in King County. Voters can cast a ballot from the comfort of their home and not risk crowds or lines. Now, is there any information about how long the virus can live on an envelope that was sealed with the saliva of an infected person? We have consulted our King County public health experts here in the region, and we have not been advised that there is, there is no concern of mail being trans, uh, I'm sorry, COVID-19 being transmitted through the mail. Um, so officials and experts have not declared that, and so uh, our staff, again, are, are gloved up as usual and uh, processing the ballots. And of course, we have machines that open up our ballots as well, so staff aren't actually hand-opening the same area where voters have licked. King County has been the hardest hit in the state of Washington with 83 of the state's 136 confirmed cases. Now, public health officials in the state have recommended that people work from home. Could that affect the number of poll workers who will be processing the ballots? I know you mentioned you also count on some machines electronically. We haven't seen any decrease in our staffing. So we have hired about 200 staff for this election. And uh, the morale is high and the team is healthy and hard at work. We were here over the weekend processing as well for our big Tuesday election day today. We are confident in our ability to post some really high numbers uh, later on this evening. And the team is doing good and feeling healthy. And uh, we have just a few regional vote centers being vote by mail. So we won't have to have people standing in line and lots of people out at polling places. And uh, vote by mail, we have the luxury of voters accessing their ballot right online at this point, right before an election day if they don't have it. So there's a lot of things that voters can do from the comfort of their own home without having to go out and engage with large groups of people. Well, that's certainly some good news there. Thank you so much, Julie Wise, King County Director of Elections. Please be safe. Thank you. A crucial day in the race for the White House. Voters casting their votes in six states. Front runner Joe Biden racking up endorsements. Bernie Sanders drawing some big crowds and hoping he can save his campaign with a comeback win in Michigan. Michigan, I'm counting on you in a big way. Joe Biden is looking to turn momentum into a Michigan victory, hitting the campaign trail with big name allies, Senator Cory Booker. I am so proud to be on Joe's team because Joe is on your team. And Senator Kamala Harris. We will elect Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. Two out of 10 one-time rivals who are now backing Biden's bid for the nomination. With 147 delegates on the line in Michigan, a big night for the former vice president could be a knockout blow to Bernie Sanders. But the Vermont senator pulled off an upset primary win here in 2016, and he's not going down without a fight, drawing massive crowds. And he's using the coronavirus outbreak to sell his signature issue, Medicare for All. This is how crazy it is. 
we couldn't guarantee that when that vaccine is developed, they couldn't guarantee that people would be able to afford it. If elected president, everybody in this country will get that vaccine absolutely free. And just a reminder, Univision and CNN will broadcast a debate among the Democratic presidential hopefuls this Sunday from Phoenix, Arizona. That's two days before the primary election in that state where the Latino votes will be crucial. Things get underway at 7.55 p.m. Eastern time, so be sure to tune in to Univision to watch. In New York, a family along with immigration advocates are protesting ICE tactics after agents used pepper spray on a woman they detained at her workplace. Nayeli Chavez-Geller reports from New York City. Piedad Peralta was not intimidated by immigration officials who supposedly stormed inside a restaurant and detained her friend Maria Angel Sanz, an undocumented immigrant. According to Piedad, who recorded this video, the ICE agent used excessive force and pepper spray on her friend. They didn't find Maria on the street. They found her at her workplace. They threw her on the ground and used pepper spray, and she was just asking them where they were taking her. The dramatic events unfolded during the morning hours on March 1st, when Piedad and Maria were ending their work shifts. The ICE agents walked inside the restaurant asking for the woman from the Dominican Republic, who is a mother of three children ages 21, 14 and 2. Maria's tourist visa had expired in September of last year. My sister is a mother and a father. She's an excellent daughter and sister, and I'm so proud of her. She's very hardworking. The details of the arrest have angered immigrant advocates in the community who claim ICE has been responsible for the growing fear amongst residents who don't feel safe in New York, even though it's supposed to be a sanctuary city. Agents have knocked on doors without warrants detaining immigrants. We are seeing a strong presence of immigration agents in the Bronx, and then an immigrant was recently shot by an ICE agent in Brooklyn, so we know their presence is stronger than ever. In the meantime, Maria remains in a detention center, and her future is uncertain. According to ICE, Maria's tourist visa was expired, and she had been recently involved in a fight for which she was arrested and later released without bail. ICE agents claim they used the pepper spray after the woman refused Refused to be arrested. In New York, Nayeli Chavez-Geller, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. Demonstrators turned out in Buenos Aires on Monday to protest against violence against women. 
Hundreds took to the streets and marched towards Congress, waving signs and chanting. They joined protesters throughout Latin America who gathered to march against gender violence. Argentina's new government has announced plans to create a minister for women and also support a fresh effort to legalize abortion after previous attempts were defeated in Congress. Women from Brazil and Bolivia also extended the International Women's Day March to support a global strike that brought together tens of thousands of women who protested for gender equality and against sexist violence. In Bolivia, protesters traveled between the cities of El Alto and La Paz. In Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, demonstrators protested against President Jair Bolsonaro and asked for his resignation. And clashes broke out in Santiago as thousands of Chileans took to the streets yesterday to also protest violence against women. The majority of protesters were women. They threw stones and shouted slogans against Chilean President Sebastián Piñera as they were pursued by riot police and water cannons. Millions of women in Mexico also did not report to work on Monday in an effort to express frustration and anger at the growing levels of violence against women in that country. Fabiana Díaz de León is in Mexico City and has more on how that day unfolded. This Monday, there was hardly a woman to be found covering the president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador's daily news conference. That's because millions of women across Mexico went on a strike to protest against gender violence and femicide. Approximately 36 million women decided to skip work and school, which had a big impact on morning commuters. In this restaurant in the heart of Mexico City, the absence of women didn't go unnoticed. Manager Godofredo Montiel said the strike made him realize the value of his female co-workers. They are needed badly, especially because they are experts in their area. The economic losses caused by the women's strike could cost the country up to 26,000 million pesos, according to Pan American University. Some took their commitment to the cause a step further. These teachers organized workshops, conferences, and awareness sessions on violence against women for male students. No women or girls showed up. I was tasked to create an intervention to have the kids come up with an analysis of the reality we face. We sent our high school students to other campuses to deal with the shortage of female staff we face today. But not everybody could afford to participate in this symbolic protest, regardless of their intentions. Mercedes is a street food vendor. Every morning, she sets up her quesadilla stand at 8. She works 10 hours a day to earn enough money to support her disabled child and to get her husband out of jail. She earns about $28 per day. My needs are too great. I feel like I'm gonna cry. My kid had special needs and my husband is in jail and I don't have enough money to get him out. Although not all women stayed home yesterday, the strike succeeded in raising awareness about gender violence amongst the general public. In Mexico City, Fabiana Diaz de Leon, U News. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.